0: Schwab Asset Management is proud to support the Inside ETFs podcast as one of the nation's largest ETF providers Schwab Asset Management offers insights and perspectives that can help advisors build on their ETF expertise. Did you know that more millennials are choosing ETFs as their investment vehicle of choice, or that many investors plan to increase their allocation to fixed income smart beta and actively managed ETFs. Find out how ETFs can support your clients goals with Schwab Asset Management's educational resources. Learn more at schwabassetmanagement.com forward slash ETF know-how. Hello and welcome to Inside ETFs, the podcast where we bring the latest and greatest ETF industry perspectives directly to you through in-depth conversations with key thought leaders from across the ETF ecosystem. I'm your host, Douglas Jonas, the head of exchange-traded products at the New York Stock Exchange, the home of ETFs. Now, today I'm joined by Camille Clemens. Camille is the Executive Director of Business Development at Cohen & Company. Camille has spent her career in the fund services industry and focuses her time building relationships with companies throughout the United States. She primarily works in the fund space of financial services with a keen eye on the growth of the ETF industry. Camille, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thanks for having me, Doug.
0: So... For those of us that are listening in, maybe a little less familiar with Cohen & Company, can you talk a little bit about your firm and the role you play in the ETF industry?
1: Sure. So Cohen & Company has been in business for over 45 years, and our firm got first was first introduced to the fund space back in 2003 uh, and has been in the ETF ecosystem since our first audit of an ETF back in 2008.
0: And you know, for you, you've been in the funds industry for a while, you've worked with private funds, you've worked with a lot of folks who who are not offering ETFs. Was there a point in your career where you sort of said to yourself, wow, ETFs are, are really growing and this is a place where I think I need to maybe be spending more time or just I wanna be a bigger part of this industry?
1: So can we take like half a step back and I think your your point about my exposure to all types of fund structures is really important here because what I've seen through the course of my 20 plus year career has really been what is what is the market wanting right now and how do we help our clients get there and I think my perspective is unique in the fact that I'm grounded in operations So from a technical understanding of how things work, it's really important to understand efficiencies and when things work in certain product structures and and when you might need to look somewhere else, depending on your distribution. So when I first got into ETS and was exposed to it, it was back in 2013, 14. When I was having to turn clients away, I was currently working, or I was working at the time at UMB Fund Services, and we didn't have an ETF solution. We had a very strong presence in the mutual fund space, but as many of your listeners will know, there are some pretty specific differences between the operations of a mutual fund and the operations of an ETF. The ecosystem is different. There are some overlapping things like the 40 Act that's governing it, but generally speaking, you need additional operational opportunities and controls that we just as a firm didn't have. So I was tired of sending my clients away who were looking to get into ETFs because they were already running mutual funds. And I had to send them to our competitors in the marketplace. And that's when I really just raised my hand and said, how are we going to solve for this?
0: So that brings us to today, Cohen and Company, what's some of the work that you and your team are facilitating for your clients?
1: So Cohen and Company is a firm is a traditional public accounting firm. We have three main lines of business. We are audit, tax and then advisory. And we do provide all three services to the ETF ecosystem and depending on where you are in your life cycle, we might be consulting on product structure, we might be consulting on, you know, tax implications of a reorg or some sort of a A parallel structure, so there's a lot of different ways that we participate, but I think the most important thing is we have a lot of clients who do approach ETFs very differently than one another, and so our perspective across our client base is unique and dynamic. And it it lends us the ability to help really service our clients in a way that's unique. Client service is at the center of everything we do. So we want to make sure that not only you're building a product for today, but you're building the product that's going to be successful down the line as well.
0: Yeah. And one of the reasons I know you and I had seen each other at a conference and I said, hey, you need to come join the podcast because we touch on a lot of things on this podcast. But one of the pieces that's so unique to the world of ETFs is that We all sort of get here from different places and we haven't really talked a lot on this podcast about audit, about tax and how these, you know, different individual clients, whether it be all the way down to the RIA level that have launched their own ETFs all the way up to the big companies that we've interviewed a lot on this podcast, you know, you you sort of sit in the middle of that because you talk to everyone at all sizes. Are there trends that you and your team see Or are seeing, you know, whether you want to start to look into your crystal ball looking forward. Do you see certain trends playing out, you know, as you look into a little bit into the future?
1: So, one of the trends that doesn't ever go away in the investment industry is innovation. And if you think about the world of ETFs and the structure specifically, some of the benefits of it is it's super innovative. And whether you're coming from a traditional mutual fund, Whether you're coming from an ra running separate accounts whether you're coming from a hedge fund or some sort of an alternative strategy this is the place people are coming and they're coming here because of the innovation and the ability to distribute to a very broad market of people and so i think the innovation is is clearly one of the things that i've seen kind of withstand the test of time in the 30-year history of etfs and you know we you can look all the way back to when people were running index ETFs at the beginning of of this and just kind of feeling their way through. And as the SEC becomes more comfortable in how how fungible I'll use that word, um, a strategy can be executed through an ETF wrapper. It really has been fun to watch our clients be innovative and alongside the ETF, Uh, Wrapper that that we're uh, that we're talking about today, but there's so many implications and so many things to think about that you're right our perspective, we have to talk to all of the pieces because at the end of the day we're like the end right everything ends with the audit and that signed uh, opinion letter that says we, you know what you're stating in your financial statements is accurate. And that's really, we we can't falter on that. So we have to know what all the moving parts are and how they work together. And that really is the benefit, I think, at the end of the day, we bring to our clients.
0: Dare I say that the auditors are the unsung heroes of the ETF uh, industry. You're the backbone behind it all. So Camille, you know, you personally, right, you work across the whole industry. You talk to a lot of different people in different industry or sides of our industry. When When it comes to private equity and private funds, because I know you talk to a lot of private funds, and 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 for those uh, that listened in on the David Laval uh, Grayscale, you heard a lot about a private fund trying to become a public fund and an ETF. Is that group? Are is, is that group of individuals? Are they coming to you and saying, "We're looking at ETFs, or we're trying to launch ETFs, or what's that conversation like?"
1: So, more generally, I would say that. the the barriers to entry, given a lot of the evolution of the ETF specifically, are allowing more participants. When it comes to private equity and strategies of of private equity and those illiquid strategies coming to an ETF, we're not seeing that. I mean, you need to, to, you need to uphold very specific liquidity requirements and diversification requirements and things that private equity investing just doesn't lend itself to. If you think about the 40 act more broadly, private equity is becoming part of the conversation when you talk about tender offer and interval funds, but that's not a retail type investment. You still have pretty high suitability standards for a lot of those products.
0: So let's stay on that topic a little bit, right? And okay, that's where it doesn't fit. But one of the places where we see ETFs are fitting is with you know these investment advisors, RIAs, firms that that and in, in individuals probably listening to the wealth wealth management podcast series, they're starting to launch their own ETFs. They're saying, hey, you know, I'm almost outsourcing my own CIO function. I've got a series of models that maybe I historically was doing all SMA business, and uh, ETFs just work for me. You know, great if other people want to buy them, but I'll buy them myself for my own clients. You have certainly seen a lot of your own clients move down that path and and worked with you to, to launch ETFs. Are there best practices that you say, hey, uh, if you're thinking about launching your own ETF franchise and you're knocking on Camille's door, what are some of the things that you're helping share with your clients about ways to best enter this space?
1: So one of the one of the biggest lessons I learned early on in my ETF journey, and it started with a book, right, because when I when I raised my hand and said, hey, how are we going to service these ETF clients that we keep sending to our competitors, I opened a book called the ETF Handbook written by David Abner. And I still have it today. It's hard copy. And the first thing I learned, and I've been really fortunate, and I think the ETF industry specifically is so welcoming to newcomers because we recognize the value of, of unique ideas and, and things coming to the table. So my first I'm very I'm very curious by nature. My first thing was who is the smartest person in the room that I can go talk to? And they, you know, the ETF. Gods, if you will, those that have come before us that really did see this industry from the cues all the way to where we are today. My first piece of advice was just surround yourself with people who know what they're doing and ask questions as long as they'll let you. Um, so the the most important thing is this kind of nuanced information that exists that unless you're in the ETF ecosystem specifically and you're playing a role and you see how everything plays off each other, it's impossible to get your head around because there's so many moving parts. So whether you're running an RAA shop with model portfolios and you're trying to figure out how you can get into the ETF space, there's lots of different ways to do that. Um, whether you're an alter- traditional alternative investment manager that runs a hedge fund strategy that you think might be able to fit into the wrapper, or whether you're a mutual fund advisor who's looking to figure out like what do ETFs mean to my business and how can I ensure that I stay relevant. Like there's so many questions to ask, depending on which door you're coming through. My biggest piece of advice is just to get some people into a room where you know they've been in this in this spot for a long time. They know ETFs inside and out and ask the questions that you don't know the answers to.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that's great advice on a lot of different fronts. And, and I followed that myself, you know, as I was coming up through it's Ask a lot of questions. The, the ETF industry as a whole, right? We tend to be very welcoming, great people, always willing to help each other out. Camille, do you have a, uh, a favorite ETF out there?
1: So given our need to remain independent, um, my my favorite ETF is a successful ETF. Um, You know, I think there's there's plenty of great ones out there and know how they work, know when they work, know that not every ETF is for everyone or every situation. Um, But yeah, my favorite ETF is an ETF that's successful.
0: I love it. And you know, for those that are researching ETFs, if you're not aware, there's a great ETF screener. It's free. It covers every single ETF in the United States now at ETFcentral.com. Uh, and you can learn a lot about, really, every single ETF that's out there. And, and you don't have to pay uh, like you used to a lot of these data vendors. Uh, Camille, I wanted to talk a little bit about your impact on the world of ETFs. You know, you've been a member for a long time of an organization. People may not be as familiar with Women in ETFs. Could you talk to us a little bit about that group? How it, what it encompasses, uh, how people can be involved there, what it what it means to be a member of Women in ETFs.
1: Sure. So I think there's probably show notes that it that will go along with this episode, but women in each, and we'll put the link in there because I think it's really important from an access standpoint to just know where to go to get stuff and it's often half the battle. Um, Google is your friend here in this case because uh, women in ETFs has found their way to the top of all the search engines. So it's a really important organization that's near and dear to my heart. And the first thing I'll say is it's not just for women. We all recognize it takes a lot of different individuals to make this world go round, and particularly in the the ETF world. So I've been a member of Women in ETFs, which is a global ETF organization that focuses on education and networking of people in ETFs. The Chicago chapter was formed in 2015, and I believe I was in that first class of people who who took membership. But I mean, through the course of those seven years that I've been involved, I've not missed a year where they've done something. And they did this really cool thing during COVID where they had a 24-hour ETF around the globe um, kind of set of panel discussions where they brought people from all the different markets onto this platform. And they talked about what's happening in their market. Um, they do really cool events in person around all of the main ETF conferences that happen throughout the course of the year. And then in each of the chapters, they hold regional events that bring um, kind of the people together around the same, same goal. Um, from a, how I contribute now specifically, I wouldn't say I have the most experience in ETFs, but I've kind of seen and done a lot of different things in the space. I now have a mentee that I talk with on a regular basis, just trying to help navigate career questions. What should I do if I don't know the answer to this question? Where should I go for this? And really trying to help support the future growth of, of, of women in ETFs specifically. Um, I think it's been one of, those, one of those parts of the investment industry that's done a really good job of supporting the growth of women and really celebrating the fact that and NYSE specifically has uh, a woman at the helm, and I think there's a lot to be said for the leadership that can can be seen under under a female's um, leadership.
0: Yeah, and uh, our current president, Lynn Martin, our our former president, Stacey Cunningham. So so certainly, New York Stock Exchange leaning in here. Uh, and you can find a lot more about women in ETFs at their website, easy to find womeninetfs.com. Uh, or you can Google it, as Camille said. Uh, Camille, I do want to thank you for for joining us today to to kind of talk about a little bit of a different angle on the ETF industry and sharing some of your insights. That is a wrap on this edition of the Inside ETFs podcast. Now, as a reminder, you can find this episode as well as many other episodes of the podcast on the New York Stock Exchange's website, homeofetfs.com. Please stay tuned for upcoming episode featuring thought leaders from across the ETF ecosystem, I'm Douglas Jonas, head of exchange traded funds at the New York Stock Exchange, the home of ETFs. Schwab Asset Management is proud to support the Inside ETFs podcast. As one of the nation's largest ETF providers, Schwab Asset Management offers insights and perspectives that can help advisors build on their ETF expertise. Did you know that more millennials are choosing ETFs as their investment vehicle of choice? or that many investors plan to increase their allocation to fixed income, smart beta, and actively managed ETFs? Find out how ETFs can support your client's goals with Schwab Asset Management's educational resources. Learn more at schwabassetmanagement.com forward slash ETF